Found time, 7.41, October 21st, 2020. I'm here with my man, Josh Azari, my photographer extraordinaire, my videographer extraordinaire. How you doing, Josh? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So we have a special episode for you guys in store today. Uh, we're going to be talking about our new collection, the Burn Slower Collection. Uh, if you're listening right now, it is currently available on found.us uh, under collections and go to, or I'm sorry, not under collections, go to Filicana. Or you can type in uh, found.us slash collections slash burn dash slower. So um, this whole collection started out nearly a year ago uh, when I was watching the Eagles game. And uh, I was about to leave for work. So I turned on a song. And one of the songs that's always on my playlist is uh, Renee, which my dad introduced me to. My mom's name is Renee. So I think that's why he likes the song. Um, but it's a great song. It's by the Lost Boys um, with a Z, who are a, I believe, Queens hip-hop group from the early 90s, um, early mid-90s. Uh, and the song, in the song, they mention uh, Philly Blunts. So this is kind of at the time when I was like, kind of drumming, drumming up ideas for the Philicana line. This was before I had released anything, um, but I had this idea of this of this. Philadelphia version of Americana kind of taking a look at Philly culture through different collections and different brands that are kind of iconic to Philadelphia. So me not being a smoker, not really knowing much about the Phillies brand, I was like, well, it's called Phillies. I wonder if they're from Philly. So I did the research and they are, they started back in the 1800s. Um, and I was, I was, I was looking at that and I was like, oh, that's really cool. It's obviously an iconic logo. Like it's a, it's a stoner kind of icon thing. I've seen it ripped almost a million times, but I was like, it's definitely a perfect fit for a Philicana type thing. Um, it's a little bit different than the, uh, than the, the food, which is usually the center of the collections. Um, cause that's always centered to culture wherever you go. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but I was, I was looking at that. So that day I kind of sat down and I did this, um, this found rip of the logo and uh that's kind of how i start any collection is just with a basic design of their redesign of their logo incorporating us um which is kind of comes from just like a graffiti tradition of like stealing iconic things and yeah, putting your course. own name on it um which is kind of where the ph comes from too you know in graffiti they do a ton of like changing the letters and you know philadelphia that's kind of the a thing um but from there i i a couple of months later, like I kind of waited on it because I didn't want it to be the first thing I released. I knew that if I released this first, people would be like, oh, it's like going to be a stoner brand or it's going to be like a weed smoking brand, like whatever. So I was like, this is, needs to be kind of down the line. So I pushed it down and, and came out with the lottery one first and then with the stakes one. Um, and then I felt like it was time. And then like a month before I really started to like re-engage with this one, I saw that another brand Full Court Classics, who's a vintage uh, seller out of, I believe they're in Florida. I believe they're in Florida. Um, I think it's like Tarpon Springs or something. Uh, but they did a rip that was very, very similar to this. It was just instead of found, it was Full Court Classics. And uh, they took it as, you know, the stoner icon that it is. Like, you know, it's a blunt that 
stoners use all the time. So it's it that's where they took it from. And they they did that, and I was like, man, that sucks. Because whenever somebody else does something before you, you're like that's still a great idea, and they had it. But I was like, oh, I, I can't really do it anymore, and and whatever. So kind of looked into other things to do. But then I did a little more research on this, and I was like, oh, but Philly Blunts is like kind of important, like more than like a backwoods or like whatever. Like it has a little more history than that, and. Uh-huh. I was interested to look at that. I think like that's really what also attracted me to the project really was the history behind it. And like, we'll obviously touch upon that a little bit later on, but it's like when you were explaining like how much history was attached to it. And I'm like, okay, like this makes sense to me. And like, I yeah. think that's what like really got me involved and engaged with it. Like, yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and I, it's kind of a blessing that full core classics did it because it, it got me to re assess the imagery that I was using for the brand. Like, um, it's very easy to just do a rip and leave it at that. But a lot of the stuff I try to do is trying to be one step above what else is out there. Um, not only just to, not only just to set yourself apart, but just to like out of a pride thing of like, well, that people, other people can do this, but what if I can do this with an extra little element on top of it? And I mean, that extends to me bringing you in. Like I've been looking and, and trying out photographers and, and, when I met you at the event at the African American historical event, I was like, Oh, this is a guy who's like really doing work right now. Like I saw you walking around with the steady cam and stuff. And I was like, Oh, he's like really like, and you were like lining people up. You're like, Hey, do this here. And like, let me get, can I get you from this angle here? And like, I was like, Oh shit. Like he has like a, he has that kind of brain. That's like, Oh, this is more than just me taking pictures or more more than me shooting video. Like you were trying to set things up, which I think was really important. I, I appreciate that. And it's like, Really, in terms of, like, creative process, like, I like telling a story. Like, I know every filmmaker or whatever may say that, but, like, I think that's more important than just, like, simply just filming. Like, sure, there's times where you should be, like, a fly in the wall and kind of be, like, a ghost and kind of get, like, you know, background stuff without interfering. But, like, whenever I can, like, be hands-on and, like, really, like – oh, sorry. <laughs> but, um, like, really be more hands-on and kind of, like, up the ante of, like, what I'm filming, I'm going to do that. And, like, honestly, like – I was really impressed with uh, the wrapping of like the, the cheesesteaks that yeah. really like, honestly, in my opinion, set you apart completely. And like, I saw that I was like, wow, like that was something that, that resonated and like stuck in my mind right away. And like, and as soon as you reached out, I was like, yeah, like I'm definitely down to, to yeah. create. And it was exciting. Cause like, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough. Like I've been honestly going to laced and for, for years and, uh, once Ty got here, I was I was really excited because that's one of my close buddies. And um, literally last year, I, I was in film school, so I was at Box. <laughs> Shout out to Box, right? Yeah. But um, BCCC. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, everyone pretty much starts there. But it was great because I was put into a uh, cinematography class, and I was required to make a documentary. And you know, I I saw a few like short you know documentaries on Vice and all that. I'm like, I don't know how to approach this, but you know, I, I reached out to Ty and he's like, oh, like I was looking to do like some video promotion, but like a documentary would be different. And what really like attracted me to that project was the story, like his creative process. And like I, you know, being at the shop too, there's so many visual elements, which I literally had a field day filming and yeah. it was fun. And the process probably took about like two, two, three months or so. Cause like it was a huge collaborative project. I worked with a, a few other students that I was at school with and like even just kind of coordinating and you know, it was one of my bigger projects, I would say. And like, it really propelled me to want to like work even more with like brands and like pushing the ante. Like 
that was something that at that time was like me setting a bar to myself. And, and each time I, you know, I want to keep striving to kind of push myself creatively and, and in terms of even versatility, like, you know, I, I've worked with, um, latest and, you know, working with you now, I, I recently just worked on, um, uh, a baseball video with, uh, D one baseball Academy. I'll actually post that. Um, and that was a cool project too. Cause I was working with like, literally like, uh, high school students like that are training for college and all that. And, uh, an MLB player, he actually grew up locally here. He plays for the Milwaukee team. Uh, Jake D Russ is his name. If you guys want to look him up, he's a great guy, but, um, yeah, so I've been, I've been fortunate to kind of have a little bit of different projects on, on my hands. And this was definitely something that definitely was different. And that's what really attracted to me, like to this project was the history behind it. And like I said, like, when you were explaining everything, it was like, okay, cool. Like I, I like the story behind it and yeah, man, I, I, you know, and just being here and, and, you know, we are a huge like sports enthusiasts, you know, city and all that too. And like just Phillies and all that. It's just cool. So I'm very yeah. excited. I mean, it's interesting that you say that too. And I, I, I've been freaking teasing my, my lace story that I want to tell on Antoine's podcast, but I'll drop a little more here. Like that's, that's what got me to lace too. Like, um, Shout out Brandon McIlwain. Brandon McIlwain was the quarterback of my high school, and he posted on his Instagram that he went to Lace, and I, like, you know, clicked through it because I didn't have a – at that point, I didn't have a barbershop that I was going to. Like, I went to – my dad had gone to a barbershop in the Northeast when and I went until I was, like, five. But when we moved out here, it was, like, not even – it was just, like, hair cuttery or him cutting me in my bathroom, yeah. you know? So it's – but when I saw Lace, I was, like th- – that's exactly what I, I said. I was, like, oh, this is different. Like, I didn't – at that point have like the understanding or like not like the skill to like label what was different about it yeah. or why it was different, but I knew it was different. And I like, that's what I connected to. So I think, and even looking at, um, you know, that's the thing about local small businesses is like, there's a, t- a most of the businesses around here are really good at doing what they do, but they're not good at telling you why they're different at what they do or what's individually special about them. I agree to that. Yeah. And that's that's where marketing, brand marketing, like, can be so much better. Like, I talk, I've talked about, you know, Paige's design a thousand times. But, like, her design is, is an extension of herself. And, like, that's why she loves it so much. And that's why she's able to have so much success at getting people in and having them understand what not only she can do as an esthetician, but what she's going to bring to it specifically. And the same thing with Lace, the same thing with Ty, same thing with all these people, right? Yeah. I, I, I think, like... It's it's funny because it does come full circle. Like coming to Lisa was the catalyst, but like I feel like not even just from a visual standpoint. Like obviously being in the shop, it's completely you know unique. And right. I I feel like I was one main attractor, but it's like the story and like each like even personality, each barber, each individual in the shop. I feel like has like some different you know perspective and different value that they bring, and it's like yeah. it's awesome and like you know working with uh latest and, and jojo and all them and then meeting with you it, it like i said it's just it's cool how things kind of fall in place and i'm like wow like you know i briefly had saw your you know your work and all that and then like seeing it up close and personal I'm like that's great and you know i i know that you're collabing with different you know companies and different brands and and all that and it's, it's just cool because like i have now people reaching out to me they're like oh my god like you know found them like yeah, yeah <laughs> like yeah. it's it's like cool like i i just recently worked with them and, and it's, it's exciting how like different we're all intertwined in some way. It's like, it's awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that's what, 
kind of got me back into wanting to do this collection is like, you know, I'd seen somebody else do it and, and it was, they were in, you know, they were in a circle of vintage sellers that we were. And so it was like, I don't want to, you know, bite their style or whatever. But, um, you know, I kind of did went back to that story. It was like, the whole thing is like, I, I don't want to cast, you know, shade on anybody or be like totally negative about their brands. But like, I feel like there's a lot of people who get into fashion or get into branding because they probably see they have a brand that they like, like they like a Supreme or they like a Nike or whatever, like that's their thing. And then they go, Oh, well, I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, they might not have any background in graphic design or fashion design or marketing or business or anything like that. And it's awesome that people are able to just start their own brands. And I encourage people to do so, but I also get kind of annoyed when people put out brands that don't have any forethought for what their brand is supposed to be when they're putting out yeah, stuff and it, it has no community to go service. It has no message. It has no backing in history or research or, you know, it, it's very easy to slap a design on a shirt and call it a day. And for some people, you can actually see great sales initially from things like that because really what's pulling you through is not the design or the work or the story. It's your previously created social circle. So you have this group of friends and family who are just going to support you, whether you're going into barbering or you're going into making a clothing brand or whatever it is you're doing, they're going to support you no matter what. And so people kind of feel like, oh, that's, I'm, I'm gaining traction, I'm doing well. And then they realize after those people go, hey, well, we've been supporting you for a while. You haven't been doing anything that's like interesting. We're going to buy yeah. less of it. And people go, oh, nobody's supporting me now, like whatever. Like it's not that. It's just that those people are going to support you no matter what, but you still have to be pushing the boundaries and making your stuff better for people to continue to be like, oh, well, that person's doing something. That person's getting somewhere with it. So with whatever I do, I want to make sure that each each part of it pushes past um, the expected. You know, I, I completely agree. To something like, different. And I, like I said, once again, that's what attracted me to, to doing this project and, and working with you because I, I keep seeing you pushing the boundary of like what you're able to do. And like other than just collaborating, like each collection I feel like is different. It has a unique story. Mm-hmm. And like I said, ultimately, like the story is what attracts me. Like that's what makes me want to work and, and, and push even harder. And like even with like the content I create, I try to keep as versatile as I can. Like because mm-hmm. I want to constantly push myself in terms of like what I can do. And as well as like I don't want to be stagnant. Like, you know, like the whole point of me not going the typical nine to five route and, and going photography, videography was to push creativity and right. like to meet unique people. And like I know those things are quote unquote givens, but at the same time, like it's you know, I feel like people oversimplify it. Like it, it's yeah. the amount of, I don't know, like drive that I have to keep like doing something different. Like it, it just, it's exciting. It makes me want to pick up my camera more and push myself like creatively and, and add more value that I can. And, and, you know, yeah, it just, it's exciting. And like, like you said, like, you know, anyone can kind of just like start a brand or, or, you know, pick up a camera. And like you said, I, I encourage it as well. Like, yeah. please, like if it's something you want to do, do it. Like, yeah. And who says you can't have, you know, your nine to five or your daily job and then do that. Like, you know, Gary Vee, a bunch of other people will push that, you know, like they say what six to 11 is when you work on, you know, what you really want to do. But, um, yeah, just, you know, put, put some thought in it, put the story into it and just, I mean, that's, that's like the, the old shitty stereotype about (laughs) photographers, right? Is like anybody can pick up a camera. I got it. I I got a camera right here. Like, Oh, I'm I'm a photographer. (laughs) And like, 
Yeah, sure, you are, of course. But like, and people are graphic designers now with Canva and all these things. Like, yeah, of course. And that's not, those things aren't a bad thing. Like, anybody who's, any designer who, designer or photographer who feels threatened by an iPhone or Canva, like, you need to go back to work. Cause like, yeah, you, you got to be confident in the fact that what you're doing is, like, what I'm doing, what I, things I create, the things I design. If you're not trained, if you haven't been working since you were 16, like I have to make to get better at it, you're not going to beat me. It's like that old Michael Jordan thing where he's like, I practiced a thousand hours, like, or even Kobe said that too. Like you, you're never going to catch up to me. Like you could work your ass off. I'm going to keep working my ass off and always be better than you. You know what I mean? Like, it's like that thing where it's like, like, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but I'm also confident in what me and you can do and what our capabilities are. So like, keep using Canva, keep getting better at it. Keep thinking about your brands interestingly because when you then come to me for help we can make stuff that's so much better you know what i mean if you're thinking about your brand in a way that's not just like i you know make people look beautiful i cut people's hair or i make pizzas whatever it is right um so yeah i mean i I looked into this into this um history and you know looking at some of this what one of the one of the things that one of the things that pushed me just a little bit was this idea of um, blunt on the packaging. So Philly's blunt. And, um, you know, I kind of passed that off as like, I don't know, like a type of product, I guess. Like a, like a, like if, I don't know, there's something like a, like a cigar or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that's just a type of thing that people sell. But I was wrong. That's actually a very unique part of their packaging because Philly's blunt is the original blunt. So in the, I believe it's the late 70s, 80s, um, people started to use the blunts, crack them open, rip the guts out, and then fill them with weed and fill them back up. And um, in the in New York, shout out to New York, even though I hate shouting out New York, um, <laughs> yeah. they started referring to just anything that, you know, any hollowed out cigar filled with weed as a blunt, referring to Philly's blunt because that's what it was on the packaging. So they, they just started calling them blunts, blunts, blunts. And now today, blunt is more, way more associated with weed-related things than ever. I mean, people will call joints blunts because yeah. they don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so that became so ubiquitous that when I finally found the brand and I was like, oh, what is this about? I was like, oh, blunt, like that's just a thing. That's just a ubiquitous term for this type of product. But it's not, it's, it has a history that kind of transitioned into that thing. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So like Philadelphia, people smoke blunts all over the world, but Philadelphia made like that. started that term. Philadelphia <laughs> gave that. I mean, sure, the people in New York came up, started using it, but it came from a Philadelphia brand. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like that's that's something that, that I can go off of. Like it's the original. Okay, so like that's why it's important because it's got this historical starting point. And um, so then I kind of then I kind of was like, all right, well, how do I visualize this brand like what is this brand about so me and sean went out to uh local smokers express and we grabbed uh philly's blunts we actually went i think to two places and the first guy was just like what are you talking about like what the fuck is philly's blunt like what do you and i was like is that not like sean am i stupid like is that not something i can get here and then the second place we went had them and um immediately when i picked up the package again you know from research online too the thing that stood out to me as like the most interesting thing is the cutout of the blunt on the front of the packaging. I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, you know, I don't know if you ever, you get like a baseball card and it's got like the jersey on it or something. Like, 
something weird like that. It literally matches like that aesthetic, like other than just like the Phillies team, like I was talking about earlier, like literally it feels like a Jersey, like, and, and it gives off that like vintage, like just yeah. feel, which I, I really do think it's like crazy. That's it's, cool. it's like, it's like totally like, like they've modernized it. Like this isn't, if you look up the, uh, the older packaging, um, which is kind of more similar to what the, the, um, the rip is. I kind of went with the older packaging, more iconic look. Um, but it still it still has like with this blunt lettering and stuff it has like that early actually I'm, I lied earlier it's 1910 um, but that early 1900s kind of look to it still with with that like maroon color and that gold color like but it's still it's now entered a modern era and it's like it's a modern product but um, so I, I took that I, I went off of that so and a lot of my brands like kind of going back to the other collections I've done um, the lottery collection. The original shirt was taken from the A-frame signs that are outside of literally every convenience store and every bar and every every place where they sell lottery tickets. You see that A-frame sign, or sometimes you'll see ones on the on the side of the buildings or whatever. And it's um, it's the brightest neon yellow sign in the it world, really is. <laughs> and you can see it. and And it's meant to be like that. You can see it from literally like really far away. Like I know there's one out on um, Old Lincoln Highway that we can see out front of the Pendel Pub, like right now like we went on the, the deck you'd just be able to see it it was pretty dark out but maybe the, <laughs> but in the morning you can see it um and then when i moved to the steak ones i was like okay well yes i'm talking about you know steve's prince of steaks which shout out steve's prince of steaks for reposting me on their uh story the other day that was awesome and, and pat's <laughs> for the like too pat's steaks knows what's up too um but looking at that i was like okay yeah that's cool but like the cheesesteak is from south philly and like it was started slash like fed by the South Philly butchers, which had like, you know, the butchers had that very interesting, you know, side type of signage with the sign painted numbers mm-hmm. and um, the big, like bold pictures of the food. Um, so I kind of used that as the back print along with elements of the uh, Steve's with the steak stuff. So with this one, again, I'm looking at the packaging, I'm looking at the product itself and the advertising that surrounds it. And that's how I came up with this um, this kind of box logo esque uh, design. So it's like a five inch design that's in the front chest of the uh, of both the sweatshirts and the t shirts, um, four color, using uh, color matched colors for the kind of honey mustard type color, the brown of the blunt, and then using the red garment as the uh, knocked out red in the design. Um, and the five on it obviously comes from the five cigars, which are in every box. So it's, it's again, kind of taking that, taking that, you know, little mark that they have on the front and using that as a full design in a style that's already reminiscent or like known by other streetwear type designs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it still has to speak that streetwear language as well. You know, it's not yeah, of course. meant to look like an advertisement. That's why, you know, when I, when I do the, the A-frame type shirt, you get the lotto on the front and then the play here big on the back, stuff like that. Um, but that was kind of the initial, you know, again, stepping away from, okay, this is just a simple rip to like, oh, let me get this other design. So then I'm here. So then I'm here with this design and a little bit of a story starting to develop. And I was like, man, now I want to do this. But now I'm like, can I do this? Because this full court class, people already did it. I don't want to feel like I'm ripping something off. I don't want to feel like, I don't want anybody to call out and be like, you, you, you stole a rip of a rip from somebody. Yeah. So, so I reached out to them and I was like, hey, I have this idea to do this collection. We do this thing called Filicana where we're, you know, 
examining Philadelphia culture. Is it okay if we do this? And of course the guy, like anybody would say, was like, dude, I stole it too. Like, yeah, of, of course, course, of course you can use it. But I just wanted to make sure and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do it the right way. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, you know, I respect that. I'm sure he did as well. And it's like, yeah. it's true though, that old saying, like no idea is actually an original idea. It, yeah. it comes from rips. We always get inspiration no matter where it's from. Like, you know, I, whether it's branding, whether it's, you know, photography, do you know how many photographers I look up to? Like, it's, it's like yeah. those things, like, and you get inspiration and like, it's funny where you got it from the song and, and then it made to this catalyst of, you know, the products being right here. But yeah, you know, no, no idea is original, but we can put our own spin on it. So, yeah. And, and I don't want, like, I have family members who like will come up to me and they'll be like, they'll be like, so can you get away with, with doing that? With, with taking someone else's? I was like, you don't get it. Like, you don't get it. And, and some people just don't get it. Some people are like that's stealing. That's whatever. That's copyright infringement. Like, first of all, it's not, it's straight up, not copyright infringement. Like that all would fall under parody. Like if I was doing something like, um, say I, say I made a blunt company that had the exact branding of this and I called it found blunts and I started selling blunts. That's very much copyright infringement and very oh, yeah, much illegal. Sure. But like what I'm doing is transporting this thing into a totally different space. I'm recontextualizing the entire thing. Like, I don't know. Could a good lawyer really nail me on this? Maybe. I don't know. But I'm not a copyright lawyer. But it's also not the point. Like, anybody who... We talked about this, too, when we were, when we were kind of... Because we had a long, kind of month-long process of you coming in, and we'd talk for a couple hours, and then next week you'd talk for a couple hours and about what this is. And I, and I kind of was telling you, like, where I was stuck with with the first two things was, like, I couldn't get people past the initial look or the t-shirt, I couldn't bring them into that space where I could start to talk to them about story. You know what I mean? Through yeah. just Instagram posts. It's so tough through just a one shot of something that to get a whole mess of a story through to them. Like that takes time. Like think about a movie. Movies are hours long. You know, TV shows stretch across multiple seasons. Like it takes time to tell stories like that. And the same thing goes for advertising or marketing of a, of a clothing company. You can't do it all in one tagline or one post yeah one post will never do it justice for sure yeah and and so that's what i want people to know like this is not me doing this isn't isn't me trying to show you this rip or any rip and say look how clever i am because i changed the name of this and put the like you're missing the whole point like that's not that's not what it's about the what it's mostly about is a reflection of my view on philadelphia culture but also what I perceive as like the predominant story that surrounds this particular artifact. Like, I agree. Yeah. Like with the stake collection, it's all about conflict. It's like, like the history of cheesesteaks is, is Gino's came up with the cheesesteak and then Pat's was there right after, or maybe the other way around was right there after to say, no, but we put a cheese on it first or whatever. Right. And they constantly fought like right across from each other, which is ridiculous that they were that close. And just like, over the years, we're just like, no, we're better, we're better, we're better. And then that trickled out to the rest of the city where you have Steve's calling themselves the Prince of Steaks, right? So I capitalized on that. So with this story, you know, I got all these facts and, and stuff about um, blunts. And I was like, okay, well, where does the story go now? Like where, like, I have this cool idea and I have all this history behind it. But like, how does this fit in? What does it mean to wear this? Stuff like that. And from there, I looked back at the song. So the song is about um, the song is about a guy who meets a girl on the street, 
and uh, walks with her and takes the subway home and stuff and um, gets her name, which is Renee. And they end up, you know, having a relationship kind of centered around blunts. So uh, she's he's like he's like pulls out the Phillies blunts and she's like, no, they're for silly stunts. They're for like they're fucking lame. And he's like, no, no, no. They burn slower, meaning like they're bigger. They're film film with more weed. They burn slower. They last longer. Um, and that metaphor kind of is is a metaphor for the song as a whole. So throughout the song, she's kind of like this type A law student where she's like, go, go, go. And he's more like laid back. He's like, you know, the musician in the ba- in the rap group. Like he's like, nah, slow down, like stay a while, this and that. And then towards the middle of the song, she he's still sleeping. He, she gets up, leaves, leaves like a note and says like, I had to go to school or whatever. And, uh, so he gets up and goes about his day and gets a call from her mom. And he's like, Renee got shot. And she's like, he's like, Oh my God. Like I, I didn't like, I was having a normal day and then this happened. So he rushes to her and he doesn't get to her before she dies. And, uh, the whole metaphor is like burn slower. Like, like you never know what day is going to be your last slow down, take it all in, like, you know, mellow out. It's, it's, you know, obviously burn slower is also like a, it's a weed reference, right? Mm-hmm. Like weed slows down your thinking. It slows down your perception of time. Like, but it's, it's a bigger kind of metaphor of like, don't live life a million miles an hour because you never know when it's just going to end. So that's, that's where like the story story comes in. And then it was up to us to tell that story. Yeah, absolutely. And like, that whole concept of like burning slower and like enjoying the moment and, and the pace, like is something that I felt like resonated with me too. Like, um, I don't know, not to, not to be on a, uh, a morbid note, but, um, I, I had a friend that passed away and, and Tuan knew him and like a, a lot of local kids did as well. And it's like, you know, because of what happened to him, um, you know, I one pushed myself every single day cause I, I don't know when to, like my last day, you know, will be. And it's like, that burn slower message really like resonates with me. And I, I feel like it will resonate with people other than just like, you know, the, the weed references and, and the blunt itself. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I felt like the story, you know, the underlining story was like really the, the big catalyst for it. And like, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it when you were sitting there explaining it, like you had previously said, like, you know, we met like on five different occasions and like <laughs> we're constantly texting and, and talking and like really just getting the story down and like, other than just like the product itself, there was, there was a lot of, you know, thought and a lot of story behind it. And yeah, it was up to us to do it. And I think, uh, we, we should, we should show the people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so we want to take a second, uh, we're going to play the, uh, the lookbook. So it's our final kind of story serialized version of the, of the, um, collection. Um, so we're going to play that for you guys. And then we're going to come back and give a little director's commentary on that. Okay. So, um, uh, we're going to pull it up again, and I guess we can just kind of walk through with the audio off. Um, but, yeah, so this is – this is um, so we, we – we, like we said, we met a couple times before this to kind of talk this through. And, um, you know, kind of our strategy for delivery for this was we wanted to have an introduction video, which is what we played. Um, actually, Sean, can you pull that up instead? Pull the intro video up? Um, we'll talk about that first, too. So that's what we played as the intro to this video that you saw. Um and uh, that was so important to me because I, I wanted to make sure that uh, the mood was set initially for the for the collection. You know, I think um, we had talked about it, and like, there's so much great imagery in like 
smoking and matches and stuff and we'll and we'll get we'll get to the matches by the way too we'll tell you a whole story about the matches after this but um you know when we were looking at this like my initial idea like the first thing that i thought of when i was doing this and this was even before i had talked to josh like i was going to do this my figure out how to do this myself and it wouldn't have came out as good but my idea was <laughs> was like uh are you afraid of the dark this this um show from the 90s had this opening where like it had a match burning and then like getting blown out. Um, and I had the idea of like, well, can I get a match like sparking, show the logo in some way, and then like have it blow out. And honestly, I probably would have done it in like After Effects. Like I wouldn't probably wouldn't have shot anything in frame, like anything practically. But um, but when I, I pitched you that idea, you were like, oh yeah, yeah, I get that. And like, and but then you were like, well, should we show everything? Like, should we do this? Should we, should we do it this way? Do it that way? And I was like, oh man, we can like make this like a real video. In my head, it was just like, this is a quick 30 second thing. And then I realized like, I was still stuck in that old collection thing where I was like, I don't have money. I don't have time. I don't have anything to do with this. Like I can't do this the way I want to, but I just got to get it out because it's been a month since I put it something out and I want to put something else out. I feel like as... I, I, I don't want to just say the word creatives, but I, I'm going to say that like anyone that has a brand or anything that they're promoting, like you fall in that trap of like, oh my God, I got to post content like tomorrow and like yeah. feeling like you have to expedite the process. And like, you know, I fall in that too. And I, I know a lot of people do, but you know, when you initially pitched the, that concept, I was like, I, I like the match striking and all that. I'm like, we could do so much more with it. And like, that's yeah. what, it, you know, really excited me too. Um, having that and, and you know i i had initially used the reference of like indiana jones in like a cave like striking and like kind of yeah. like the light from the match like illuminating something and like it was it was a lot of fun kids don't try it with the matches yeah yeah because <laughs> everything was done practically i burned my fingers a few times and uh my my poor friend uh um joe neal he 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 helped me as well as you know i was just like dude just you know strike the matches like and you know it was it was a lot of trial and error but it was a lot of fun like during that process of like getting it because like i definitely knew that there could have been more than just like a simple like just like you know a match striking like and i love that idea and i thought that was a good basis to like you know stack upon and 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 expand and it was fun for sure. And like, I, yeah. I felt like, you know, I, I threw a little bit of like a red light leak. Like I, tr I tried my best to like, I don't know, I, I make it more than just a match striking. Like it was, it was fun. And I wanted to at least like tease like, and, and show and like even the matchbooks too. Like we were talking about that. Like um, I could have easily just shown just the match. And like, I did that in the beginning, but I'm like, I was so fascinated with the actual matchbook packaging i'm like mm -hmm. i gotta throw it in there yeah. like in some way and even if it's like a little bit ripped like i you know i felt like it was an important thing to include yeah for sure and i think that is that's like that again like i, I said that to you i was like yeah i would have just tossed that thing out of there like i would i would have done that but then i realized like that's kind of what the matches like are from us like it's it's not about one matchbook or one match thing like the whole thing about the matchbooks is that they're collectible like each one of them has a different back to it so like you want to show a lot of them and if you're showing where they all come from in this box like it makes it seem like there's even a whole lot more you know what i mean like i think on the box it says like 100 matches or something like real yeah. big so like it pushes that idea of like anybody who would see that wouldn't wouldn't be like oh they made custom matchbooks it's like oh they made a whole bunch of them and they have a whole bunch of different ones like so me so I'm going to give Sean the credit for this because Sean came up with this idea of matchbooks. Like you were talking about how much you like the steak thing and, and people love that. People love the steak um, wrapping. And it was like, 
Um, and I got that idea from just inspiration of, um, of Johnny Cupcakes in general. Like Johnny Cupcakes back in, and he still does this, but back in the early 2000s, like was a, a streetwear artist who did a ton of just interesting packaging things. Like, you know, he, he rented like an ice cream truck and delivered them that way. And he stuffed them in different things. His store is like out, it looks like a bakery and people come in and they're like, is this a bakery? And he's like, no, we sell clothes. It's like that kind of thing. But that's what I wanted to bring into this. And the reason I wanted to do that is not just to have fun with the packaging, even though that's a ton of fun. I also wanted to, it's all about bringing people closer to the experience of the original brand as well. You know, I can't include a, a blunt in every package, nor would I want to. Yeah. But with the steaks, like if I can bring you to that, to that headspace where you just got a steak and you have the, the, you know, the deli paper wrapping with the masking tape on it, with the Sharpie of what size it is, like, like you would have your name or whatever the order is on it. Like that just puts people in that headspace where they get this experience where it's like, you feel like you're part of the culture that it comes from. Whereas it's not, it doesn't feel like a, again, like a copy or like a, a cheap knockoff. It feels like, oh, this is inspired by that in every facet. Um, so Sean had the idea of doing um, custom matchbooks and we definitely went through some some trial and error to, to figure out what was the best way to do these. But, um, you know, when I was printing them, I realized, you know, it doesn't need to be, they don't all need to be the same thing. And so I, what I came up with is kind of five variant designs, um, well, four, four variant designs, and then one kind of base um, explanation of the variants that each kind of have a different connection to a different part of the, the burn slower. So we have the, the original blunt one, which obviously we talked about before, how it's the, the original blunt, um, where the name come from, came from. Uh, you've got like the Philly skyline, which is kind of, kind of took inspiration from, um, the uh, peanut chews back. If you ever get a peanut chew and look at the back, there's like a barcode skyline on the back. And That's awesome. So we, we kind of took it from there um, and just, you know, added the little cigar in there. Um, we've got the, yeah, we got this one, which is the um, the holographic print that's on the blunt wrapping itself. Um, it's got the, fill, on the, the real one, it's got the Phillies and then it's got this kind of P holographic thing. Um, on this one, we've got the P and then the found on the inside. And then, uh, this one is the sleeve of the, um, of the box. So we got that on the top and on the bottom too. Um, and then the other one is the one out of five unique matchbooks, collect them all. Um, on the front, you've got the found burn slower. Um, and yeah, we, we, again, this is kind of a, like a, like an inside the package kind of thing where you, you throw this in and everybody's gonna get two of these who, who makes an order and you know the the idea is like if you want to try to get them all order some other things from the collection i'll make sure to you know get you the one you need but it's like a cool little collectible item and like something different and interesting um again that brings you closer to that i thing. agree i like i think that was like something once again too that i was like fascinated with like the whole collection was like the personal experience to it and like i i always like appreciated that and that's like like i said earlier with like the wrapping too for the cheesesteak and the and the shirts like that was something that like completely right away i was like that's awesome like that brings you to the experience like you know it's not just simply like hey like i'm gonna buy a shirt and throw it in a bag like no like there's like a there's a story to it there's the experience like it, it brings you know your audience or your consumer to that and like yeah that was something that i'd really enjoyed too especially with this um 
you know, this, this collection and, and this project that we were working on together, it's like, there were so many different things. Like I can, I can show like, you know, the matches, like, and other than just the products too, it was really the story. And like, I had a lot of free reign to like play with everything. It was like really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, that, that, the, the, the matches, I think why I like them so much is like, um, I, I always want whatever the mailer to be, um, cause it can, it can still be interesting, but maybe feel separate from whatever you're getting. You know, you could still, you can make cool things. Like we got, you know, these custom stickers made, um, to throw in there because, you know, they put stickers on each one of the blunts. That's what's on the outside. Um, but also it, it's like the, it's the thing you need when you have a pack of blunts, you know sure. what I mean? Like you need some way to light those blunts and some way to smoke them. So like, that's the connection to it. Like each of the products has a blunt on it and that's, you know, what you need to get it started to get the bar rolling, right. To do the burning. Right. Um, so that's why it's connected. And, and the same thing with the steak wrapper, it's like, well, you need to wrap it up. You need to wrap it up in something cause it's, you know, a steak, you know, you gotta, it's gotta be covered in something. So that's, that's what I'm always kind of looking for in the collections is to bring some aspect of it that gets you closer to the feeling of really doing that thing. Um, we kind of glossed over the beanie. So the beanie is a design that um, is is from a design that that Philly Bunts made for some of their clothing. Um, made made you know changed for our purposes, um, but it kind of, this beanie actually kind of set me off. Um, earlier this week, I released a um, a cheesesteak one for the cheesesteak collection, the a loyal subjects hat, which you can buy right now too. Um, this kind of set me off on this idea of like uh, realistic embroidery, like yeah. like it's 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 I saw this and I was like oh that's so ugly but also really cool and weird and like that's an interesting way to display a blunt um i agree like i i, I think this really made sense and, and when i first picked it up I, I really did love the embroidery and like the realistic feel like you were saying and um yeah it's it's cool because like it's not your traditional line like you know kind of separating you know the the two words it's like a blunt and like it makes sense like yeah overall even even like the weird like the weird like um smoke like this is an interest like it's always difficult to to show things like fire or smoke in like graphics um because they're they move so much and they're not even in photography i'm sure it's tough to capture like the feeling of those things yeah um (laughs) so like but this is a weird way to do it like they use these these thin little running stitches um and i say they we i i recreated this whole thing it's not like i had a file that i just dropped in like i did spend the time to remake all of this um, and even changing it sometimes some ways to better suit my needs, like the, the, uh, the colors and stuff. Um, but yeah, like this set me down a whole path of like, Oh, well let's make one for each collection because this is a really cool and interesting way to like do embroidery. Cause embroidery is often like, um, it's like very, I don't want to say like ornate, but like, it's always like these, it's always like these flowery representations of things. And like, they look very detailed and stuff like that but to have like no this is the product like this is the thing like cheesesteak it looks exactly like a cheesesteak it's got the cheese whiz got all the all the necessary things like that's a very interesting way to kind of develop a design where you're like i'm trying to get you to think about an actual cheesesteak on a hat rather than like i don't know a cartoon version of that which i've seen versions like that too where they simplify it um it's a bit more of a challenge too which is fun um so you want to look at the videos and just uh kind of go through them maybe yeah, give sure. some director's commentary absolutely uh do you mind bringing up um the intro yeah let's bring up the intro first um and i love how i love how both of them came out especially the intro i think the intro is so 
exactly what we like envisioned. Envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then, and I, I want to reach out to anybody who's, you know, interested in this collection, but also wants to like get involved with this. We're always looking for models and looking for people who want to yeah, collaborate absolutely. on this. If, if you think there's, if this is interesting to you and there's things, something that you think you could, you could bring to it. I, I'm open with that too. Like this is not a, this is not my baby. Like this can be more than that. And I want it to be kind of part of the culture. So you know, that, so, was, uh, the beginning, that was something, if you don't mind pausing it real quick. Um, that was something that we had initially even talked about in the first meeting. I was like, this is a, a co-creative experience. Like this isn't yeah. just me. Like, you know, like obviously this is your brand and this is your product. And like, I want you to be like as involved as you can and whatever you feel is, is, need it like you know we're here to create and bring this thing together and like even you know to to the audience and the consumers like that's something that i find important too like you know if they want to be involved or if there's like certain things that they want to see like i i love that like i said yeah i feel like that's it's better in terms of like creating you know like it's just having that cohesive experience like it it's important to me so but for sure like i that was something that yeah and and in the coming in the coming months, we're going to try to do more things that involve and bring in the community as well. You know, I think we, a lot with a lot of these collections, kind of how it rolls is like, we got to lay the groundwork of like what it is and what the story is and what the, what it looks like. But then I think after that, once it has its life afterwards, you can begin to like engage with it in interesting, interesting ways. Like I kind of really, I don't know, maybe if anybody hears this and, and, and wants me to do it, I want to do like a series where I go down, go over to different cheesesteak places and either give them ratings or just like tour them or just like look at cool things around them, like whatever it might be. Um, and I saw a fucking Portnoy do one. So I was like, damn, he beat me to it. But also he did a shit one at De Lorenzo's and didn't even know what he was ordering. So, which I think was probably just a joke, but um, that, you know, that's something I want to do too. Like, and, and with this, like we're definitely looking at trying to find ways of where we can, um, you know, have people maybe tell their own stories or, or use the matches in interesting ways or, you know, whatever it is, um, to kind of have some conversation afterwards, you know? Um, and that's, and that's why we had the podcast too. Like I talked about how I had the challenge of like getting from these static Instagram ads and then getting the story to people. And I think you're going to, you, you've helped with that. And, and when we put this out and advertise it, we'll get that traction, but this podcast exists so that I can, wrap it all up and hand it to you and you can be full get the full story like this is the yeah I, I this agree. is the longest form that was something that we had talked about too like i you know once you initially brought up the podcast i thought it was important to like i've always been fascinated in terms of like behind the scenes and like I, that's one main reason why i even picked up a camera is actually my love for movies and like favorite movies back to the future i'm sure it's an extremely hyped up movie everyone knows that but um it was the first real film that was like really engaged with like the actual process of like filmmaking. And like, I would sit there with my dad at like, I was six years old, literally watching behind the scenes, like hours on end, like how they created the hoverboard, how they were able to like make all that look so realistic. And like Mm. that process of like behind the scenes is something that I've always been like gravitated towards. And like when you brought up the idea of doing a podcast, I thought it was great because we could actually like really explain like the process, the story behind it. And like, you know, it's more than just like, you know, embroidering a hat you know like there's there's a whole process to it and like you know with the lookbook the intro and all that that's awesome content for them to consume as well but i feel like the podcast for more people that like are like okay so like what's what's either the the story behind or like you know 
gets people more involved in, in, in yeah. my opinion. And like, obviously, you know, podcasts have been blowing up and which I really right. love. Like, yeah. I feel like it's not your traditional interview. Like, Oh, like, you know, it's a very open format, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and look like, I'm not delusional. Like I know the podcast need time to grow. And I know there's not a ton of people watching, but like, this is the kind of content that I want to be giving people access to is not only for my brand, but for like other people, like I want to be able to give them cause it's much more attainable to have a podcast than people think like me and Sean are uniquely talented to do this shit. Like he knows how to work a lot of these programs. I know how to work a lot of these programs. Like we have experience with lighting and with cameras and with all this shit. Like, we're definitely not noobs. Like we definitely don't, we know some shit about this stuff. So it's not like we're starting from scratch, but like we know a ton of people locally who have podcasts that are really good professionally done and it doesn't take a tremendous amount of work to do it. But I understand that it's also a commitment to like do a podcast every week. So if I can offer some of the people who maybe are on the fence about doing one, a place or platform to come talk about it, um, then that's what the podcast, that's what any podcast I think should be like really um, is for people to have their friends on and to, give them a platform to like talk about things um but let's let's stop yeah. beating around the bush and let's look <laughs> at this course. video you want a little audio um yeah you can put sure. a little audio i'm good with that it's a little a little low yeah here pause real quick there's a matchbook <laughs> yeah i'm um, talking about the talking about the uh the beat like um i worked with uh justin agar who we're gonna cut to a interview with him real quick but um with with the beat, like we went back to the song and it's like, I understand, I, I talked about not copywriting and artwork, but like there's definitely strikes happening all over the place for music usage. And, oh, yeah, and we don't, absolutely. we don't, you know, th- there's no, there's no, I'm not trying to make money off of like the Lost Boys music or anything like that. Or again, just as much as this isn't trying to, you know, steal from Philly's blunts. It's not trying to steal from Lost Boys either. It's trying to. You're paying homage. Like, yeah, trying to was, build on that. Yeah, that was something that we had talked about too. Because I'm like, the song was the main inspiration. Like, how yeah. can we use that without like, you know, copyright infringement? It's like it's so hard like for artists to like pay homage in that sense. And like when you had brought the idea, oh, like you know, I I have a friend that will be able to like re-record it and do his thing in order to like adjust it. I was excited because I'm like, hey, like that was the main start of this thing. And like, I felt yeah. like it was extremely important to include it as well. And like, you know, for people that know the song and like the history, I, I felt like it, it just had to be a part of it. And I'm glad that, you know, you were able to, to bring that to, to fruition. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 um, I had some, I had some kind of things that I, that I brought up to Justin that kind of needed to be part of the beat. And, and when we cut to the, to the interview with Justin, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, uh, I was really, I, I, I wanted, um, I'm always kind of looking for a, a vintage connection too. you know, like I do a ton of research on these things and I look very much into the brands. Like I know way more about cheesesteak history than any person should. <laughs> um, so like, awesome. so like it, it's, but it's, it's, it puts me in a position that I don't feel like an outsider at all to these things. And uh, like I talked to Ty um, last episode about authenticity and I, it's, I'm not trying to portray that I'm the ultimate Philadelphian or that I know everything about Philadelphia or that I'm like the most authentic Philadelphian in the world. Like that's not the point. The point is to more, it's more of like a dissection of the culture 
for its base parts than it is like a like I'm trying to cut through what we see every day, you know, the ads and the ads and the A-frame signs that we see every day and trying to get to the point where like I say like, yeah, I know you see it every day and I know you might look at this or that as like low culture, but like this has a big impact on what we're talking about. Like you go under the skin and there's like stories being told to you that you might not even like know. Yeah, it's it's a lot of like stories that just kind of get brushed off or, or passed by. Like it's not, I don't know. There, what I enjoy about it, you're putting a spotlight on it. Like yeah. it's not just something that's gonna be glazed over. And like that's what, like I said, it it really drew me to the project was just the story. Like ultimately, and like it's important. And like I feel like you know your consumer or audience, and you know they they know when you're you're full of it. Like I'll be right. honest. Like you know there's. Like there's a difference. You can tell when there's a level of authenticity to like a project. And like, mm. this was something that we really did put, you know, a lot of effort in and a lot of our, you know, thought process to it. It wasn't just something that we were like, Oh, we'll just, you know, we'll slap a, a, a logo on it and I'll just go and film it. Like, you know, yeah. like there was a lot of conceptualizing, which, you know, we digress. So I'll, I'll start, you know, breaking down certain things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you mind running it from the, the top? Appreciate it. That was that was fun. He burned his fingers a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, the the matchbooks that we were talking about. Because initially I wasn't gonna use it either, but it's like it was important. And uh, fun fact: all the all the matches that are everywhere, like some of them were were previous like takes and all that, and like yeah. I felt like that was important too. Like I mean. I don't know. I I believed that you know you could you could see them that some of them had burn marks and if not it's okay too. I'll give you guys a little bit of a you know insider thing. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to show too like you know it, it was the process of like of getting it like perfectly lit and like actually if you, you want to play the the first frame there's actually a few matches in his hand too because I I think there's like two or three. But um, yeah, we we wanted to make sure the flame was like big enough to like illuminate everything. At that point, like there was. There was no background light, like, and that was what you and I had even in, envisioned in the beginning was, you know, right. striking it and, and by the light on that little match was going to illuminate everything. And um, that was fun. A, a few takes and stuff. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it like we, we um, this is, uh, you know, it's a uh, we talked about the story. I mean, the story when you get down to it is pretty friggin serious story. But um we definitely didn't we didn't want to portray any sort of um polish like yeah. it, it wasn't it, this isn't like a um you know a new york fashion week like display like it's not it's not supposed to be high fashion or like models that are like that are like shot perfectly and 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 using you know traditional like uh ways in which you can make something or somebody appear more attractive or or better or superior whatever it is right um, we definitely wanted to we wanted to set the mood of like a used lived in space a uh, you know a blunt being passed or a blunt you know you know people smoking in the area like stuff like that like we talked about the 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 colors like we we were like well it's browns and it's golds and it's reds like it's these rich dark colors and I mean that's part of the reason we're releasing it during the fall too so it's perfect you know fall colors but also like it it just isn't um, you know, nothing about blunts or especially, blunt. it's not it's, super it, polished. It's yeah, not like it's a pretty not, thing. Yeah. And like a lot of, 
like really the word I kept throwing around during the previous meetings was organic. Like I wanted it to feel natural. Like this isn't something, like you said, it's not New York fashion week, you know, like even in, you know, the, the edits I chose to use, like I wanted it to obviously feel, you know, organic and also look good. But, you know, like I said, this isn't going to be a full fledged Hollywood production. Like this is more organic, more home, more base down. Like, you know, it's more grounded basically. That's like, you know, a lot of the approach that I wanted to use and like, you know, showing what I did. It was, I mean, I, I literally filmed in my room, like, and I, I used my <laughs> coffee table and everything. Cause like I said, we, we talked about like, this is something that's at home. Like it, that's what yeah. I wanted it to do. And I was like, you know, like my room is literally like the walls are black. I have black curtains and all that bunch of LEDs. So at least like that livens up the room, but it's like, um, you know, I, I, I was like, Hey, like, instead of overcomplicating this, like, I'll film it at home because that's literally what this would, you know, in the action of smoking, it would be most definitely at your house or a friend's house or whatever. So like it made the most sense to me. And, you know, luckily, you know, I was able to conceptualize it with you and and bring it to life. So I was super excited. Can you play the beginning of the, can you play the intro again? So one of the things about the, um, the beat of the intro is like, this beginning part, right? And I'll let you listen to it. Like this whole kind of beginning part, and this is a you know a thing in hip hop music, but where they kind of like, like I think Wu Tang did this first, where they kind of capture these like, uh, like they almost they almost feel like conversational elements. Like there's this like 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 saying like come on like. Like let's break it down like this, the, that, like that whole thing is like such a like conversational, like group feeling already. And that's, you know, what surrounds smoking too. Like you almost feel like those guys could have been in that room while that was going on. You oh, know what absolutely. I mean? it, yeah. It, and that, that, that adds to it too. Like I, I Justin did a, did a great job in, in picking out and, and isolating the things that I thought were really important about the song. And, you know, we didn't, again, for copyright reason, we didn't want to use the whole song and we wanted to adjust it and change it. And like, he emphasized those points of like, uh, imperfectness and then also looped in the clips, which we'll see in the lookbook in a minute. Um, looped in those parts while slowing the whole thing down. So if you listen to the original song, you listen to this song or this beat, it's much slower. And that's of course, feeding into the burn slower aspect. It's a slowed down thing. Um, so I'm going to take this time now. We're going to cut to Justin's interview. Uh, we talked about all sorts of stuff with him, projects he's working on, and uh, how we got to this uh, Renee beat for use in the lookbook. When we come back, we'll break down the lookbook with Josh, and uh, and we'll wrap up. So see you guys in a minute. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break from the action to talk about talk with the man behind the beats, uh, Justin Egger, a.k.a. JNAG Productions on SoundCloud. Uh, he helped me come up with the beat for this project as well as uh, for the podcast in general. So the regular podcast intro you hear is uh, him. And uh, you'll see his his beats over top of a lot of my stuff to come as well. So what's up, Justin? How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, so uh, we go we go way back. We've been in the same school since middle school. Um, <laughs> you, you go to UArts too. So this, this whole thing is a UArts production. My guy on the producing and all is a graphic designer like me so um what you been up to this this uh this virtual working from home thing 
Yeah, well, I'm actually on a leave of absence right now from oh, school. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I don't go me. back until January, <laughs> which is very nice. Nice. I've been, I've been there since uh, September of 2017, 2017, so it's very nice to get a little break for a little bit. Definitely have some, have some uh, time to do your own shit. Yeah, working on some music, obviously. Uh, recently, I've just been working a lot, just making some money, stacking some money. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sure. so I, when I, when I originally thought about this Philly Blunts, uh, thing, one of the first inspirations was, uh, the song Renee by Lost Boys. Um, I was listening to that song and I heard, I heard the mention of Philly's Blunts. And that was at the time when I was like looking at different Philly shit that like I could try to make collections about and like make clothing about. And, uh, that one stuck out to me and I was like, Oh, is that from Philadelphia? Like it's called Philly's Blunts. Like, I don't know, maybe it's not. So I like looked into it and it, and they're like a, Philly brand since like the 1800s so I was like oh this is perfect and like I love the song so I knew whenever I ended up with like a collection video or anything like that like I was gonna need a sweet beat based on that song yeah. so that's when I went to you yeah man that that was uh that was the first time I ever heard that song too so that was kind of new for me and I'm kind of used to like remixing stuff here and there but uh you know that was pretty fun for uh, me to do yeah we we wanted to like uh like I don't know what I told you about. I think I was like, slow it down a little bit. And then we want to like emphasize those lyrics, like the, uh, the burn slower and the silly stunts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Like having different people work on projects too. Like, like I'm, we're working on some stuff behind the scenes for your, for the art, for your projects. And like, yes, sir. it's cool to have people like connect on shit. Cause it just makes it that much more like real. I feel like. You know? Yeah. I mean, I love, uh, everything I've done, like music-wise, I, I mean, I don't do graphic design or anything like that. So I always try and get someone to either do my cover art or, uh, right now, I have you doing some behind-the-scenes stuff with some uh, actual embroidering and stuff like that. Uh, I was thinking about honestly starting to like get some masks made because uh, they're important right now. So For sure. get some masks cut up and uh, getting some of those out there. But it's very important to collab with people and like give each other uh, boost up and everything like that and support support your friends and your yeah. peers. Yeah, it's and and like like I, I'm like in the same way. I, I like always would rather collab with people because then it's like 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 just like you sending me the shit today that to listen to like that's awesome to me. Like that's honestly what I listen to all day because like it's new yeah, it's new music and I know who made it. Like it's it's so much better than, than listening to anything else. You know what I mean? I've been listening to that, those songs for months now. Honestly, some of them <laughs> I've had like for a year or so. So, but even now that I finished them and I finally got them on like my private, uh, SoundCloud right now. So only the people I share the link with can see it. Right. It's just like, I listen to that shit all fucking day. <laughs> even though I've already heard it a hundred times, I've had that shit on repeat. Yeah. That's crazy too. I mean, like, uh, like this collection, like I, I thought about this. I thought about doing this, like, I don't know when exactly it was, but I know it was like during an Eagles game, like last year. So like, it took that long for me to like, figure out how to do it and like, figure out what I wanted to do with the whole thing. And I figured yeah. it's, it's kind of the same thing for you. Like, yeah, I probably made like, no joke, like up to a hundred, hundred, like different remixes or beats or just different songs here and there for this uh, project nag champa volume one coming out soon but do you have a release date for that 
Not yet. I was going to do October. Still thinking about it. Okay. But I'm not trying to really rush anything. I want to get a good promo out there for everything and make sure people know that it's coming out. Yeah, definitely. I've had some uh, singles out there for a while, though, that are there. I got uh, Black Friday, which has Kendrick J. Cole on it. Mm-hmm. I got Brain Cells, which has Chance the Rapper. And I got Ladies Interlude, which has J.I.D. So yeah. those are all out there. Uh, Black Friday came out on Black Friday last year. So it's definitely uh, been out there for a while for the people to listen to. Yeah. Dude, I was listening to the... Uh... I mean, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm blowing up your spot by telling telling about them, but the uh, the Action Bronson one is sick. The Action yeah, Bronson one's dope. It's funny because I made that before his recent album came out, right? And his recent album just emphasized my thought originally that he can rap over pretty much anything. Like any, uh, what I got for for that song was, I think in 2012 or 2013, he had a. Uh, double XL freshman freestyle it was acapella, but I heard it and he kind of had some rhythm to it. So I just made a beat under it pretty much. And then he has another song that he made uh, years ago called that, uh, that concerns me, I think. And it's on uh, one of his mixtapes on blue chips and there's an acapella at the end of that as well. So I just got both of them combined them, made a song out of it. And you know, yeah. he, he pretty much, he does the work for me a lot of times. Anything like I said, anything he raps over sounds great. Yeah, dude, that's got awesome. Big body bass on the intro. <laughs> <laughs> you you met him, right? You met them? Yeah, I met a uh, big body outside of Angelo's one day. He was just chilling. It was uh, <laughs> the day they recorded their uh, "Fuck That's Delicious" episode in Philly. Right at Angelo's, I didn't see Bronson that day or Alchemist, unfortunately, but. Or mayhem, but I did see Body outside. He was chilling, and then a year ago, uh, Bronson had like a meet and greet and book signing at a Suplex on South Street, and that was so much fun. Yeah, he was. He was like he had these ice cream sandwiches that he was handing out that were really really good, but they were rock solid because they were in like a freezer, and he was just throwing them down the street. <laughs> He was, like, throwing them at this dude that was, like, hanging out of the window. Like, the dude was trying to catch him, but he couldn't because he, he was, like, couldn't really make the catch or really get the throw down. It was, it was funny as shit. They had a, uh, a T-shirt cannon, like, T-shirt gun, and they were putting Angelo's fucking sandwiches in there, <laughs> shooting them down the street. By the time they either flew through the air or got out of the cannon, there was uh, pretty much no fucking sandwich left pretty, pretty <laughs> funny good, uh, good day good day yeah dude i was jealous watching that on instagram i we had another buddy uh casey pitt from like uh rare vintage was there too and i just was watching your stories and i was like fuck i should be there right now <laughs> yeah i go back and watch those videos sometimes and i have like this one video i mean i have my picture that i have with him but i have a video where i'm like right next to him like i said in the video he's just going into the freezer, grabbing an ice cream sandwich and tossing them down the street. It was so funny. He's a character. Yeah. Dude, the, the, um, how fun is it finding like, like, uh, interlude type samples too? Like you have one on that song from the Rachel Ray show, right? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that Um, one's fucking hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. I try and just like, I, I watch so much stuff, like whether it's movies that I've watched 
like my whole life, like Pineapple Express. I have that on brain cells as the intro. Like that's like the within the first couple minutes of that movie. It's just like a classic scene to me. And now that I worked on that song, I can literally just repeat that scene. Like it's just like all types of uh, movie scenes and TV shows and interviews and stuff like that. Just, you know, you have some instrumentals under it or over it or whatever. It sounds really good sometimes. Yeah. Especially uh, if it has like the same subject matter of like what you're trying to talk about or like I had the uh, the Kendrick and coming out called Call Me. Mm-hmm. I have a, a sample that I use where they're pretty much repeating the words call me. So I found a classic movie, scary movie, the uh, parody scary movies that like came out in like the late 90s, early 2000s. And the uh, Sean Wayne's, uh, what's that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got yeah. that on there. So got a couple of them dude the the, the kendrick and joe pesci one's really good too the comedian yeah, one man that one's fucking awesome dude, that song i made that song i had so many different versions of it and i that was so close to not being on there i was gonna just like get rid of it and then like while i was going through my track list i had one song on there that i wasn't really sure about so i was like maybe i'll replace it let me see what i have like on the back burner like, like other things like that i trashed or whatever and i found that and i was like holy shit why the fuck did i not <laughs> use that <laughs> it's pretty dope i think so yeah it's pretty like i said it's pretty nice like taking your time working on a project and just having a bunch of stuff to file through and like pick the best of the best because uh, there was uh, there was times where i had uh an album ready so say to release and i just was like someone was telling me not to do it yet don't rush it i want to do like 21 songs at one point but i thought it was best to file it down to like the best of the best that i could uh put out there that i've been making the past year year and a half yeah definitely definitely um yeah i mean it, it's been great working making beats with you too i mean i know antoine got a beat from you uh she yeah, used on his pod yeah the ice cream jingle and uh yeah dude i mean it's it's you're you're definitely an asset to all of us to be able to like tell you stuff and you be able to like bring it together is really dope oh yeah and it's like clutch like i said collaborating with other types of uh artists whether it's a graphic designer or barber hairstylist yeah. or uh you know uh clothing brands uh anything like that it's just really uh helpful to just network collaborate like that 100 percent. well i got a bunch of stuff to send you so hit, sure, man. Hit, hit me with your address again i'll send you like the whole collection for this one definitely definitely because i definitely owe you some shit um oh good but i'm excited to to i'm well i'll have you back on when you get uh some of these projects released too we can talk about some of the stuff we did uh, art wise and uh Maybe you can meet in studio then, have a longer yeah, talk. Yeah, I'd definitely be down. I, I've just been swamped with work recently. It's like first time in a, like so long that I'm working just Monday to Friday, Monday to Saturday, like every week. So yeah, once I, I get that, like slowed down a little bit towards the winter time or towards the, uh, you know, the holidays, I'd definitely be down to set something up for that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you for being on. Um, for sure. Thanks for making the beats again. And uh, we're going to send it back to the uh, the main podcast. 
And we're back from our smoke break. We're going to take a closer look at the uh, lookbook. So, Josh, lead us through. All right. So, I mean, I don't know. I was trying to think about it, like, in a storytelling perspective, obviously. Um, you know, I, I did a few different locations. Most definitely people will smoke in a park. And, like, it just made the most sense, like, to at least, like, film, like, the first half of it. And, um, you know, you and I, in the, the pre-production process, we were talking about, like, the importance of, like, hands and stuff. I don't know if you want to um, just pause it and I can just talk through it. But, um, yeah, so you and I were talking about, like, a lot of, like, hand passing. So, right. like, obviously, you know, in rotation, you pass blunt or whatever, and we're just, like, passing the match. And, like, that was something that I wanted to, like, focus on was definitely the hands. Like, briefly, like, you can you can see, like, her passing, like, the match, and he passes, you know, it starts twirling it with his hands and stuff. Like, talked about a lot, like, of, like, hands. Like, as a visual, like, storytelling standpoint, I felt like the hands were, like, an important thing. And, you know, like... You know, on camera also, like, <laughs> we filmed a lot of, like, actually, like, literally, like, lighting up, like, the blunt with the match and stuff. And, like, we even did a take of it in the car. And, like, I don't know. I feel like it just didn't fit, like, the final cut personally. But, you know, like, just having that off screen or off camera made the yeah. most sense, too. Like, I felt like, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be said, like, we, we're obviously also playing with a type of advertising that has been, like almost completely outlawed at this point like you can't really do tobacco advertising yeah and really like any like you can't do it on tv i don't think you can't do it in oh yeah everything sort of is censored it's like yeah even uh like um there's a documentary on on disney plus about walt like walt disney and like he smoked all the time and like they literally like, somehow like edited completely out like in in Every the footage picture. like it was wild like and i'm like oh my god like you know like they can't even say it like or show that stuff but like so it was definitely like a hard like not hard thing to go around but we wanted to make sure we did it in a very tasteful manner w with also like not showing so much and like that's why even like as soon as the match strikes like you know you got you got you you get what's gonna yeah. happen next like they're they're like, smoking or whatever like we talked about this in pre-production it, it was like we're um there's like a there's like a principle in design where it's like you either show something or you say something but you don't show and say something at the same time because it comes off to your audience like they're stupid like you have to yeah. be reinforcing you have to be reinforced like traditional advertising does that all the time because they're really trying to make sure that nobody gets out of that 30 second spot without knowing who the product is for and what the product does right um but then you look at like like high-end or specialty advertising for like the super bowl where you can see a commercial and be like that was a cool commercial but you might not even know who made it but it, that's a space where it's in an artistic space where you go and you look it up because you're interested like yeah it that's that's the space we're playing in where it's like yes i'm drawing from advertising but it's not I'm not trying to blatantly advertise my product to you. I'm trying to do it in a way that's interesting so that you can appreciate it for what it is rather than feeling like I'm selling you a blunt related collection. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. And like, that was something to like, you know, it's like kind of like a touchy subject. Certain people are like, it's very yeah. divisive. Like that's the word I'm, I'm going to choose to use. It's, it's divisive. So like we wanted to make sure we were catering to both audiences, people that do smoke and people that don't like, and yeah. that's like the power of not necessarily showing like a, a blunt being like lit up, but mm -hmm. like, 
you know, insinuating it and like kind of being on the nose, but also not like, you know, that was something that we had talked about. And, um, you know, if you want to, if you can rewind it to when he's striking the match. So like, yeah, right there. You, so you see her hands like passing it kind of what I was talking about earlier, like the, the hands like passing and all that. If you want to hit play, you can. So yeah as soon as like the match strikes like we cut at that point and that's why i put like obviously a green light flare and like right. even like the footage i made it kind of like warped like she's like floating like yeah you know those things like trying to do it in obviously a very tasteful manner and <laughs> shout yeah. out to me i Here's made a cameo, cameo. <laughs> but yeah. um that was that was also just i guess resources and and you know model falling through the last second but like I was, that was fun too. And I, you know, the mask thing was not even really like planned. Like that was something too. Like I wanted to kind of timestamp too. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're in such a weird like place right now in terms of like error, like, you know, like yeah. COVID and all that stuff. And like, you know, like showing that too, like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of important too, but, um, I mean, yeah, the, the meaning burns slower at this point is probably more prevalent than ever. Like, we get we get so much stuff thrown at us and like every day of like it's crazy the world gun shit like even like stories about you know things that are happening in other countries where it's like we're so engrossed in like this election that's about to happen that like you know there's all these other things happening around the world and people are highlighting it but it's still like man how do i how do i keep up like how do i know what's happening like the whole burn slower thing is like even though we've been cooped up in at home for so long like and maybe that felt like forever it's still like it feels like we're also at the same time accelerating towards a new different kind of life through this pandemic too i agree it's like way. it's a very weird like i said it's a weird time like at, at a certain point like things are slow in terms of like the pandemic when we were locked down right. but at the same time everything has gone so fast because so many things have hit us literally from the beginning of january to about now yeah like the it's like a huge it's, list. It's. I mean, honestly, it's almost like fucking smoking weed. It's. It's like, the the pandemic hasn't been that long. It's been no. less. It's been less than a year that there has been a pandemic. But to I think pretty much everybody, it feels like a decade. Like it, it feels, like, feels like a lifetime. It feels like such a long time. Like even like me thinking about like, even like shallowly like when I put out these collections, I was like, all right, put that one out right at the beginning of the pandemic. This one out halfway through, and then this now one is like, hopefully we're getting to the end of it. But like. That to me seems like forever. It seems like I've done so much stuff, so much in between there, but really it's only been, you know, six months or, or now it's like eight months. Like it's not been that long that we've been in this, but it, it feels like we've been here forever. Oh, absolutely. And like, it, it's crazy how we can like literally relate to that with like burning slower and all that too. And it's just like everything has gone at literally a million miles per second i feel like at this point because there's been yeah. just so much stuff hitting us but yeah it's definitely interesting for sure and like i i don't know it's just yeah and i i hope the people the way people you know interact with this brand is like or this collection is um i mean like buy this shit and just like lounge around the house with it like enjoy enjoy something that you uh maybe feel like you shouldn't be doing because you feel like it's a waste of time like do something like that like do something that you enjoyed doing but that doesn't you know progress your career or whatever right like because it's definitely a pushback on that too like that's what 
that's what like weed kind of culturally has been put at is, is like this, this drug that like a stoner is somebody who's like unproductive. Right. But I mean, that doesn't have to be a negative thing. I think today we're all very much attached to like what we're doing, whether it's in school or work, like, or in our families or whatever that like, we don't take a lot of time to just like do something for yourself. And that's something people I think have picked up in the pandemic, having so much time to themselves. Like yeah. we, we, we heard Justin say that, you know, he took a leave of absence and he's, you know, had time to work on his own projects and like come up with his own stuff. And that's, that's pretty great. You know what I mean? Like, like I think, I think that's very important. And, and that's why I do this brand too, is like the Filicana thing is not meant to be, it's not meant to be a cash cow. It's not meant to be some kind of sellout, like let me get all this money from things that people like kind of thing. It's, 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 it's a challenging ask to get people to buy this stuff. Cause you have to tell them a really, really good story in order to get them to really buy it. But that just makes the sales and the people who are interested in who, people who appreciate it that much more special that you get it. Like selling those, those cheesesteak ones to you guys at the event was so great. Cause it was like, this is the first time in months, not only that I've been out in public, but also that I've ever really got to put my Filicana stuff out there for like a general audience, like for, for people who aren't just scrolling past on Instagram, yeah, I, people I, who I, are actually in the moment, you know? And you know, like we had said earlier, like that's, something that literally stood out to me and like it, it drew me to this project and like I don't know to kind of I guess digress to even with like the pandemic and stuff like I agree in terms of like you saying like this is this is something that you should enjoy like other than just like the message of burning slower I really think it's like one beneficial thing of the pandemic is a lot of people have had time like yeah. it's something that I have personally feel like I've taken advantage of like, and I feel like a lot of people have like are on that wave as well. They're like, Hey, like, you know, previous to this year, I was going a million miles per minute and like, I haven't spent time with my family. I haven't spent time on my passion projects that now, like, you know, I've been fortunate to, to literally, I graduated in May and then by June I made my business an official LLC. Like that's mm -hmm. like a blessing. Like I, and I got my camera and you know, a newer camera that I had wanted and all that. And it's like, I accelerated in my own personal growth by honestly, like a few months, a few years. Like I, you know, like I, I can't really like put a timestamp on it, but it's like, you know, I've had the ability to slow down. And like, that's something that I think it's important. Like, this you know the specific you know launch or this i'm sorry this this specific you know god i literally i'm, I'm stumbling upon my words <laughs> but um this collection there we are words guys <laughs> but um this specific collection is so important like because that underlining message of like taking it slower and like you know evaluating and like you know you can obviously link that to weed too because it opens your mind or you know whatever those things but right. it's like burn slower taking taking it slow you know like yeah. it, it's like so important i feel like nowadays like it's important to understand that like i said like you know i've been fortunate to really like reflect and a lot of people have and like yeah. I, I feel like if this pandemic never happened a lot of people would have never had that ability and like yeah that's something you know i've been fortunate to say that's kind of adjusted my perspective and like even being open to like do different projects and like you said like um with the event of pushing uh, Filicana, like, 
you know, literally you're like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I would have not really had this opportunity if it wasn't for this, you know, like it's, right. it's cool. It's something that I'm very grateful for. And I'm sure people are, I know like 2020 has brought a lot of negative too, but you know, there's been a lot of positive and that's something that, you know, pushing this collection and just the underlying message, I think is really important. And that was something that we had talked about and like that also, you know, sold me on the idea of wanting to, you know, be a part of it. You know, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. Like, so what can I do? What, what value that I can bring, you know, to add to it. So. Yeah. And, and, and like, it's so hard to be positive at this point. I, I in, really agree. In the year. Like, like I'm a very positive person, but it's, it almost feels like a bit of like survivor's guilt to even insinuate that something good is going to come out of all of this because of how shitty it's been. Like it's been hard. <laughs> it's, 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 I mean, there's, I, I, but I also don't want to be on the, you know, the doomsday, like everything's going to, we're going to have a civil war. Everything's going to go to shit path either because I don't, I, I can't put my eggs in that basket and sleep at night. You know what I mean? Yeah, like me <laughs> I, I just, I wouldn't be able to sleep thinking that that's what the future is. And, uh, I look at like, um, like a particular issue, like small business is closing, right? Like the, the whole narrative right now is like the pandemic hits and, all of these small businesses that don't have a safety net or they don't have the ability to operate because of quarantine measures are going to wash away and then they're never going to come back, um, which I think is a bit hyperbolic. I don't think, I don't think, I think they're going to come back. But I also think that you can't underestimate the fact of people like us who, not to say I started my business because of the pandemic, because I certainly didn't, but I started it beforehand. But it that having those extra months just you know expedited being able to do all of this right like sean came to work with me while we were in uh the end of quarantine like the end of the summer having him on was was a huge advance meeting you at the event which i wouldn't have been at if it if i didn't you know have a free schedule like all of that stuff has been huge too and it and it like in the back of my head has always been the voice of like what you're doing is going to work but in the front of my mind is like, but it's not going to work because of X, Y, and Z. Because that's just how people are. Like you look at the negatives, like that's just a survival thing. Like we we look at the negative because if you don't, you end up getting killed by something or whatever, Literally, right? It's like, like trying, to, yeah. trying to condition or relearn or like unlearn the previous, you know, self-talk or whatever. And like, I agree, like, you know, it's... It's been a hard year and like that survivor's guilt thing is, is, is a genuine thing that I feel and I'm sure a lot of people do as well. And like at least like, you know, all we can do other than pushing the collection is also pushing that that positive like, hey, like, you know, there's been a lot of bad that has come out of 2020, but there's been a lot of good. Like I feel like I've seen a lot of more positive talk and more people like, hey, like there yeah. needs to be a change. Like there's, we have to be more open and more empathetic towards others in general too. And like, like I feel like that time of us like sitting down and reflecting has been very beneficial. And like, even you said with like, you know, pushing this and stuff, like, I don't know. I, I, I talk about this with a lot of my friends. Like I, I recently picked up the Rust book. It's uh, it's, it's all in your head. Get out of your way. I think it's called not even a plug Russ, like he's going to watch <laughs> this, but it's um that book really kind of put a lot of my put my mindset in check like i'd rather deal with the oh well than the what if like that right. has been 
yeah. a lot of my decision making, especially in 2020. Like, I'd rather deal with the oh well, it didn't work out like the way I wanted, but look what came of it, you know. Totally. And like, you know, not everything is going to be oh well. Some things are literally going to work out even better than we had anticipated. But yeah. putting yourself in that position of like, okay, like, you know, not everything's going to work out the way you want it, but take some positive from it, then dealing with the regret of what if. Like that yeah. has been like something that I feel like has even, you know, propelled me. And just, I feel like others too, like dealing with the oh well of not starting, you know, pushing a brand or starting a podcast. And like, I feel like that, you know, has been a, at least a good thing of this year. Cause it's given us time to kind of sit down and be like, all right, like short businesses are going under. And like, I feel like horrible for that, you know, but there's been also a lot of, positive change where people are starting to come up and even those brands that are suffering like they're rethinking like right. you know like you know things that they were promoting for 10 years is not going to work in 2020 like there mm. this has been like a whole shift on we got to change our game plan which i really can appreciate because like even us it gives us opportunities to like collaborate with people we never even previous years would have the opportunity to do you know yeah people are more open-minded to try completely you know out of the box unorthodox <laughs> yeah. approaches which is awesome yeah and and i mean we we connected on this before but like I, I told you and you have a similar mantra but like the fail faster model um but and i've, I've talked about that before in the podcast but i think another part of the fail faster thing is to stop viewing failures or, or the what ifs if you if, not the, not the what ifs the the oh wells yeah um to look at the oh wells and go that's not the end of the story like you try something it fails the failure is not the end of the journey like that that's simply like a point of conflict it's like oh it failed for a reason that you had previously set up and it failed after that comes the success. Like Not you can either. put out a collection. Like I put out the state collection a couple of months ago and it sells were whatever, it's fine, whatever. But through continued promotion of that, continuously talking to people, getting to meet with people like you and, and, and handing it to people, like it slowly had this little, this little snowball start to grow. And when it seemed like, oh, I put this thing out and there was no, there was nothing there there was really this slow traction that was building where I could have been like, that's a failure. Let's throw that in my closet and never look at it again. But in reality, that was like the beginning of something. Absolutely. You're, you know you're I mean? failing forward. Like, that's, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially really the truth. And like, you know, we, we hope that, you know, each project we do strives in numbers or whatever, but like, and if yeah. it doesn't, it's, it's just propelling us forward. And like, that's something yeah. that like, I feel like even with this quarantine and, and well, you know, I, I'm talking from personal experience, but like that progression of failing forward has made sense to me because I'm like, you know, all, all these micro decisions have led me here, you know, like I, all of this really with me picking up a camera also in terms of like actually executing started with a YouTube channel with clothes. Like I would unbox literally Jordans and like streetwear and all that. And that was something that like in the early talks, like uh, Jojo, the the owner of, of latest him and i were talking about that and it was like funny like that's where this all started and like yeah. if you know i got discouraged after the channel kind of fizzled out and i put my camera away i wouldn't be here and it's like yeah i'm just happy i didn't <laughs> you know yeah. i didn't just throw it all out you know yeah and i think looking at um looking like i think we all do need to have like a 
a goal like thing in our head like we do need to set goals and we as people are looking to get to somewhere like i i look at certain projects or certain things like like the the matches for instance it's like oh we had this idea but how do i do it like that's a challenge and that's a really fun challenge to to see through but it's also i think sometimes creatively limiting when you set goals because you know we talked about this too like Philicana to me needs to always be centered around the idea of Philadelphia culture, like you said, being on display, being highlighted for its integral parts. I don't ever want it to become a watered down, you know, clothing brand that just exists for people to wear it, for people who like know the name or whatever, right? Like, if it ever gets to that point, like, that's when I would kill it. Like, that's when I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Fuck this, it's done. But like, it's the reason for that is like, I don't want, if I'm successful, I don't want to feel pigeonholed to be doing that thing that made me successful because that's not what I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is, is exploring the ideas that I come up with and whether those ideas are successful or not, doesn't stop me from then doing those ideas later. Like I have a kind of separation of work and, and art that I make, like the found and Filicana stuff is very much in that art sphere. And then there's clients that are very much in that work sphere where they just want a professional service being had. But then there's also clients in the middle like Jamar or Paige or Ty or Antoine who are in the middle between they need a service provided, but they also want an artistic uh, voice in there. So like part of it for me is like I don't, my whole goal with like the Found Creative Lab as, as a place where people can come and get creative work done is like, I want that to be the foundation from which I'm able to take off with all my artistic stuff. Like I want to have that safety net. So if I'm one of those small businesses and a global pandemic hits, right? Like I have a capability to keep doing what I want to do or whatever it happens to be, like whatever stands in my way of doing what I want to do. Like I want to, that's what I'm in it for. I'm in it for that freedom of creative freedom and financial freedom. Right. Absolutely. Like that's, you know, like I was saying earlier with like keeping my portfolio versatile, like, I, you know, I have the ability to, to do the the more traditional stuff like, you know, real estate photography and, and you know, videography stuff and weddings and, and all that. Like, and I really enjoy them as well. Like, I, I think they're very important and all that. But I still am fortunate to have, you know, opportunities like this where I can have uh, my creative voice as well. Like, you know, right. like and, and right. having that artistic side being on display and like at something like with me not just limiting myself to photography, sure, I can keep pushing that boundary, but I, this all, like photography and videography in my head is all intertwined. Like, you know, my love for me picking up a camera came from movies, like Back to the Future and, and Dark yeah. Knight and, and such, like, you know, creating that imagery and like, <laughs> even cue the name JBI imagery. That's why, like, I didn't want to just be like, JBI photography, like, no, it's it's imagery. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I right. want to be able to create, right? you know, whatever, the opportunity presents for me to to put my input i i want to be able to to create you know yeah i mean that, that's an, that's another similarity between us like i, I talked about this earlier in a, another podcast but that's why i chose creative rather than print studio uh printware whatever it is right like i don't want to be i, I don't want to paint myself into a corner and be like i'm a print shop i'm a print shop i do this i do this like is my main thing right now expressing through expressing expressing brands through clothing Yes. And will that continue to be a part of my practice? Absolutely. But 
I do a tremendous amount of copywriting for this too. I mean, this 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 name Burn Slower is obviously taken from that song, but you have to have a certain understanding of where those two words can take you to choose them as the name of the collection. You know what I mean? There's Agreed. Yeah. In in the in the Lost Boys song, I'm sure there's, you know, 100 200 words in there and you could pick any of them and, and put them but together. But those words resonated with you, which But I, those are the awesome. words that resonate and and uh you know, th- that's that's what I also want to be doing for people. You know, um, I've come up with slogans for Antoine for future business ventures that he's going to have, and they're fire. And my dad came up with ones that's that's so perfect. And like even seeing those slogans or those that type or what, that name associated with a real thing is so big. Like we, me and Justin, um, I'm not sure if it's we would have actually talked about it after our interview, but like. Um, he talked about like physicality. Like he, he, he wanted, you know, he looks at, you know, a Kanye album that has all this art connected to the album that they sell with the vinyl, right? Like even though he creates a medium that nowadays completely lives on online, like he's producing for sound, SoundCloud and YouTube, like it, it's completely online. People can access it for free online. Like that's how music is listened to today. And in the same way, graphic design is so heavily focused on web presences and not on physical promotional items or print anymore but that's what drew me to screen printing was like i didn't want to join an art class i didn't want to join a graphic design class that just worked on the computer i wanted to do something that was like physical tangible like i wanted to be able to make stuff for people like use my hands like yeah so that that was just like a huge draw for me that i couldn't really get away from you know and that's you know something i i utterly respect and that's how I feel too like you know I don't want to just sit on the just the editing side of like what I shoot you know right like having that versatility is important but like I want to film the actual thing like I want to be on set like I want to you know like be hands-on with the project you know like it's it's something that you know you and I talked about and that's why I thought it was so important to meet the amount of times that we did because like that process was so important like and that's honestly how I feel like something comes out quality because it's like, you know, there was so much effort put into it, so much thought, so much, you know, heart, you know, it wasn't just yeah. like, okay, you know, here's three things, just showcase a beanie, a t-shirt and hat and matches and you're good. Like, yeah. no, like, you know, I, I want there to be more substance, more, you know. And that's, and that's the thing, like, that's why all of this, this lookbook that we looked at the intro had to wait for you to get into the picture. Like, so I read this book and I, I think I mentioned on Antoine's podcast, it's called starts with why. Um, it's by, I gotta, Simon, I gotta it's by check Simon it Sinek. out. It's by Simon Sinek, I think. Um, but it's an amazing book. And the, the premise of the book is that not only businesses, but mainly businesses, any kind of leadership structure works on a way where the top, the top tier is, or kind of like the pyramid, the top of the pyramid is the why. So it's, why are you creating a collection about Philly blunts? It's because we're trying to promote this burn slower idea. Then it's the next level down is how. So what are the steps and tools that you're utilizing to get there? So the beanie, the sweatshirts, the matches, the videos, all of that is the how. And then there's the what. So it's the physical things themselves. So, you know, the actual objects. Right, um, not the concept that we put into the objects. So the graphics would kind of be the how, and then the objects themselves would be the what. But that extends to people as well. So like, I'm the why guy, right? Like, the how how it's always explained simplest terms is Steve Jobs is the is the why guy, and Wozniak is the how guy. And so 
I needed people on my team. Like I was working on the, the stake one and I had nobody else on my team that could help me. So I needed people like you. I needed people like Justin. I needed people like Sean who were able to execute on the hows and the what's to help me get there. And, and I'm still actively a part of everything. Like I printed each one of these things. I embroidered each one of these myself. Eventually I won't do that probably. Eventually I'll have people who will do that part for me. But you helped me get the how of that, that intro video. Like I had an idea. I had a literal spark of an idea. And you took that and made it a whole thing. And like, that's where I'm currently out of my creative process is finding those how people. And it's, it's really fucking hard. It's really oh, hard absolutely. to find people. And when I saw that you had that directorial mindset is when I was like, oh, cool. He's good. Like, he's good. Like, yeah, sure. You also need like the school, the school taught, you know, focusing and camera skills ability. Oh, absolutely. There, there's a skill set. That's what. But we'll... that's learned. Oh, yeah. You know, the director sure. part, I think, was instilled with you with the movies very young. Yeah. You know what I mean? Appreciate that. And like, yeah, I mean, like even what we were talking about to kind of bring it back up, it was like anyone could have an iPhone and now there's a new one that the iPhone 12, like the cameras are great. I, I have the 11 pro and like, you know, yeah, having that wide angle is great. And like, yeah, it's, it's literally awesome. And like having that tool at our disposal is amazing, but you know, there's there's a skill set like not to downplay anyone that films off their iPhone please like yeah. keep pushing out content but it's like I don't know I I recently had God ask this because I'm I don't want to jinx myself anyway I'm in the process of looking at my own studio and all that and you know hopefully things will will <laughs> you know come to fruition but yeah um but that creative process and and <laughs> God um anyway that <laughs> process of looking you know um the person I was meeting with, they were like, Hey, like, you know, not to not necessarily be rude. I, I'm trying to remember how they like handled the question, but it was like, what makes you different from just Joe Schmo with a, with a iPhone? Yeah. And I'm like, really the, the skill set and just having that eye like that, like you said, that directorial like view, is just like, I don't know, like I, I'm not just picking up my phone to film. Like I can, yeah. but it's like, it's important. That's why, you know, there's graphic designers like you that are very hands-on. There's a whole process to it and not just someone doing it on their phone. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's more to it. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to, to say that, like, you know, I, I, I have those things, whether it's God or just constantly like Kobe literally practicing in the gym, right. which a lot of it, it is because honestly hard work over talent any day, you know, then, I constantly sure. see you literally putting how tremendous amount of work and yeah. respect to that. And I, I, I try to do the same as best I can, but, um, yeah. And, and I think, and I think, um, one of the things that brings, brings up in my mind is like, there's this idea that you should never chase somebody for money, which basically means like, if you have a bad client or a client who doesn't appreciate what you do or doesn't see you as somebody who's capable of doing something else, don't try to win them over. Do what you do and do it the best way and they will be won over, right? Do your best work. You don't. You shouldn't feel like you have to, especially as a creative because creativity can sometimes be very subjective. Absolutely. And so your best work to somebody might seem like less than what they need. In a lot of cases for me, like I find that a lot of people I work with are like, oh, I didn't expect you to do all that. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't expect you to be that hands-on with it or, like, meet with me to talk about it or insist on meeting me to, with me to talk about it. You know what I mean? But also, there's people who come in and um, they just treat me like I'm a faceless corporation. You know what I mean? Like, 
that I don't, I'm not a person in the community or I'm not a person who you can come talk to. And like, they often expect the world without being willing to sit down and work to get that, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's, we talked about a collaborative process between us, but any sort of client relationship is always collaborative. Like, no, absolutely. Like no matter who you work for, it's just, so it's important not to chase down those people who not necessarily your detractors, but aren't, uh, on the same wavelength to understand what you're doing. You know, you don't need to, you don't need to feel like you need to win them over. And that's kind of what I'm talking about with not selling out found too, is like, I'm sure there's a, I know, I know for a fact that there's a huge market of Philadelphia related goods that are very surface level, right? I'm talking stuff that you find in Models or rally house or stuff like that. No, there's nothing wrong with those things at all, but I'm trying to do something that goes beyond that. And, in the process of doing that, if I sell out and my old, my old, my joke is that friggin' print John on a bunch of stuff and I'd sell thousands, but that's not, <laughs> that's not interesting to me. That's just, you know, simple supply and demand capitalism. That just is boring. It just, I would get so sick of that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know if you have a ton of bad client experience yet, but they, Luckily they, I they, haven't, but they come in and out. I'm, I'm sure it'll happen, but you know, I'll, you know, I mean, I'll do my best and, and just handle it within the work. Like you said, like I literally put out my absolute best and, yeah. and if it doesn't work, it's, it's the, oh, well, like I said, yeah. like I, I rather deal with that. Like, yeah. and you know, um, oh my God, I, I just kind of had a thought and it just like digressed. Uh, give me two seconds. <laughs> so it happens when you talk for a little bit, but, um, no, like, uh, kind of like the, the door off process you were not process, but you know, you were explaining that like, Hey, like I, I took the door off. So like people could feel like they can just come upstairs and right. talk to me. Like I yeah. thought that was awesome. And like, when you shared that with me, I'm like, that makes sense. Like, I wish I can do that in some form of a manner, but, um, you know, for, for the viewers that are watching this and, and people that want to collaborate, like, you know, I want to make this a co-creative process. Like I, that's, Honestly, if I can put that as a, a, you know, one of my business or mission statements is it's co-creative. Like that's yeah. it. It's not just me. And, you know, like I, I get when people want to be hands off and, and allow me to, to do my work. That's, that makes sense to me. That's right, fine. Right. But I want your creative input because like at the end of the day, like this is your, your vision. This is your yeah. baby that I'm helping just bring it to, to life, you know? Yeah. And you know, that's, that's something that's in, important to me as well. And like, we were talking about that. Like sometimes I have people who, um, who they have these ideas and they're like, um, they're like, Oh, I have, I have this idea in my head for this thing. And like, uh, I, I don't, I wish I could send it to you, but like, I'm not a very, I'm not a good sketcher. I don't know how to like sketch things out. And I was like, just send it to me. Like send, yeah. send me your napkin sketch. Send me your like whatever crude sketch you have. Like I'm also not a great draftsman. Like I'm not a, a tremendous drawler or anything like that. Like if I sit down with a, you know, Wacom tablet who does half the drawing for me, I can get some cool things coming out of it. But, um, it's sometimes it's like the simplest little thing. Like for people who don't think that they're artistic at all, I think there's a difference between our being artistic and being creative. I think creative is just such like a, like we have this idea that it's like right brain, left brain. And like, that's it. Like if you're not your creative is like a hundred percent right brain, I think it is whatever. But like 
it's uh, that's not how I think of it at all. Like I feel like I have a pretty rational brain, but I still am able to connect between very disparate things, like the lyrics of a song to living your life, or or how the lyrics of a song like "Burn Slower" connect to the concept of smoking weed. Like they're they're not they're not completely separated, obviously, because I wouldn't be able to bring them together if they weren't. But like it, it's to me, it's not it's not something that. N- everybody can't possess can't have that own their own creative ability i think they vary i don't think everybody's amazing an amazing creative talent but like i just think it's a skill that you can like build up you know what i mean absolutely so i don't think i'm I'm trying to say clients shouldn't be scared that they're like not going to be able to bring anything to the table because i think that's what a lot of people do is they want to yeah they want to they're discouraged in some way and like you know that's why the process of meeting i feel like is important even if it's a facetime call or just a phone call like it's important like you know their creative input like it may not seem like a lot but it'll help us a lot like just simply the match striking when you brought that up and then from that point i was able to build on and i was like like you brought up the indiana jones like that's that's a complete that that is a perfect example of what i call like a to f creative thinking where like you can just draw a line between two experiences that you've had that only can the only connection to them is the lighting right yeah, but crazy. but you say but i say i want to match that light something up and you go like indiana jones and i go yep and then we just connected those two lines and now we're on the same page right it's a very simple you know we talked about that in like two sentences and got it back to each other where like that's how it works with people like Paige came in she was like skulls and i was like oh skulls so you mean like misfits right and she's like oh yeah that's what i mean and so it's I was like, awesome. okay, so we're going to do like a punk rock style logo that incorporates esthetician style stuff. And so like, that's the kind of connection that I'm talking about with people where it's, it's just that quick. Like with Laced, it's like, Tuan's like, I'm trying to give haircuts to anybody regardless of who they are. And I was like, oh, so you're like the public transit of haircuts. Everybody can get on. You don't need to have a lot of money. You can get wherever you're going, right? Any kind of haircut you want, right? Any station. He's like, yeah, subways. That's what it is. Like it's that that quick but that can just that's what gets the brand to like that level where it's like it's not just tony's pizza shop it's like this kind of pizza like yeah. and you get it it you sends know? a message right away wow uh yeah that that transit thing i i've always thought that was fascinating i i love the shop yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's it's cool like yeah from a visual standpoint and storytelling standpoint it's just phenomenal but yeah when you brought that up i literally like lit up i'm like yeah like it, it clicked yeah. in my head and it's fun. This has been a, a very fun experience, like bringing this to life, like the storytelling, the, just the creative process behind it. And, you know, the, the intro with like even, uh, you know, I once you guys like look at it, like if you look really close, like I made sure like you guys could see like the light flickering. Like I thought that was a, such a small but very important detail because we were talking like you know, the match is illuminating everything. Like, and that was something like literally trial and error. I was like, do I use a lighter? I'm going to use matches. I'm going to, I kept going back and forth, like trying to make sure that like, you know, I didn't want to fake it and just put like a light. I could have easily done that, but like just having that little glimmer, that imperfection of like a light, like above the product was important to me. Well, the light from the, you know, the fire, that's what I mean. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. It, It pushed me creatively and, it's just been a great experience and I'm looking to I'm looking forward to working more and, and just seeing what our creativity pushes us.
Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to work on more stuff. I uh, I already have told you about projects that I want to do, and we're gonna get get to those for sure. Um, so anybody who kind of wants a bigger overview on the Burn Slower brand, um, it's currently available. Like I said, on found.us uh, slash collection slash Burn dash Slower, um, or you can just go to the uh, found.us homepage, and it'll be probably the first link for the next couple weeks. Um, the full collection includes the beanies, sweatshirts, and t-shirts. Each of them come with two matches, two matchbooks um, set in each of them, uh, along with a sticker. Um, again, if you if you order multiple orders, um, or even if you order multiple items in one order, I'll throw in some more matches if you want to try to collect them all. Uh, along with along with that, I mean, for anybody who doesn't know, the Filicana collection is they're all ongoing. None of them are um, just like the found time where we're doing this in our found time. Whenever we get a chance, we're not, um, we're not putting limits on any of these. Once I'm done with the stakes, which I kind of ran a, a sale this week and with the new, new um, hats and beanies, but that one is not over. I have like, honestly, I got like four shirts lined up for that, for that collection that we're going to continue to release over the years. And then um, same thing with the lottery one. So in the meantime, between this collection and whatever collection comes next, keep an eye out for that stuff. Keep an eye out for more kind of one-off found stuff. Uh, We're always doing collections with, with laced. Um, Currently today we put up, um, you want to pull up my Instagram real quick, Sean? Uh, We, we, we released, released Twan's, um, you can just scroll down. We released Twan's uh, president hat, Lovelace 2020. Uh, we had some cool American flag hats lying around, so we figured we'd run a little uh, collection till the uh, election. So check that out. That's also on found.us. Um, coming up, uh, so this is, you'll be listening to this first on Sunday. Uh, later next Saturday, I think, is when Halloween is, right? I believe so, yeah. On Halloween, we're going to be releasing a Halloween special featuring PS Aesthetics, aka Paige Stewart. Um, we're gonna have, we've already had a lot of fun uh, planning it, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, you want to promote your stuff, Instagram and all? Sure. Uh, Instagram. So my Instagram is Irizari underscore Josh. Oh, sorry, here, there it is. So you guys can see it. Um, I display all my work. Um, I kind of put in all the highlights so you can see it on Instagram TV. There is the Tyler documentary I was briefly talking about earlier. Um, You know, I'm going to, I'm going to post the the teaser um, on here as well and the lookbook. And yeah, like, you know, this is my main portfolio display of everything. I also have a website too that showcases images that I I don't uh, put on Instagram as well. Um, Probably future posts, but um yeah, as you guys can see, I, I'm doing my best to keep it as versatile. A lot of portraits, graduation post, per, <laughs> literally, and then there's latest right there too. So yeah, that's the event we were talking about. Yeah, that was really fun. And but yeah, so you guys can contact me there. Uh, DM works perfectly fine. And for for any of my clients, um, you should be working with Josh. If you if you need if I you have need that. for photography, which you do if you're selling clothing, uh, work with Josh. It, not only is he great and skilled, but also we already have a relationship with him, so I can help to do whatever we are trying to do already with your brand through Josh. And um, that's it, it's it's an invaluable resource. I mean, I already talked about how we're trying to 
upgrade ourselves with doing these videos. I mean, it, it's, it's very important. I, I don't want to dumb it down for anybody because most people already know this, but seeing clothing on person increases sales immediately. So uh, a lot of people need to see clothing on somebody, maybe somebody who looks like them or somebody who's attractive to them in order for them to feel like, okay, I am interested in this or interested in, in getting this, uh, this piece of clothing. Absolutely. I mean, like, honestly, like I said, I, I'm trying to keep the, the work versatile, but you know, I'm really strong in portraits and all that. It's something I, I really enjoy. And, um, you know, if you were looking to look more in depth in my work, like, you know, separate, separated categories, my website is in the link of the descriptions, jbiimagery.com. Um, and that has all my recent work. So portraits, black and white, you know, video projects and all that, and even product photography too. So yeah, for sure. But yeah, it has all the links in there. So you guys will, you know, if you were looking for specific things it you can just click on it and yeah, I, you know, I appreciate your awesome. time and it's been, yeah. Thank you for a, being on a pleasure and thank you for helping out with the, with the videos. Um, I'm looking forward to this dropping and yeah, we're very, everything. we're very excited to put this out. It's been, like I said, a year in the making met met josh in the process um we're excited to get more stuff done and uh keep getting stuff out there um so i want to thank everybody for watching uh as always you can find us on uh youtube and anywhere podcasts are found um uh, i'll see you guys on halloween bye thank you Yeah, check it out one time for the ass. I'ma take you to the ass.